podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. What are you doing? Video. Are we started? We've started. I'm not going to sing anymore. So it's over. Go on. Just, I just want people to understand why our interviews start spreading end the up news. Weird. I'm leaving today. That's all you're getting. Go on then, carry on. I'm, I'm ready. We've started, right? Putin Cassis, IFL TV, MTK Global. This is really off putting. Put your phone yeah. away. <laughs> Welcome to our fucking world. Yeah, but this is with consent. That's right. No. This is with consent. So this, I'm recording. No, I don't give you no consent. Then I don't give you consent. All right. Camera's off. Click. <laughs> I don't give you consent. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Look. Look there. How are you? Okay. How are you? I'm all right. You're very busy now, aren't you? There's a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. No. You have one finger in one pie. Yeah, this week. In general, I mean, you've got multiple fingers in multiple pies. <laughs> <laughs> you have. Okay. Are you not? Are you not busy? I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Stables kind of expanding a little bit. No? Do you kind of lose one and then bring one in? To no, there is no structure to it like that. It's just it either happens or it doesn't happen. Okay. It's not a prescribed um, way of working. It just either happens or it doesn't. Fair enough. Um, what can you tell us about Ray Robinson? Um, experienced. Good southpaw. In his last fight, uh, he drew with Kavalowskis, who was ranked one, WB, one by the WBO and four by the WBC, and I think four by the WBA as well. So in his last fight, he drew with the fella who was almost a mandatory contender. And that's the level now after 10 pro fights, or nine pro fights, that Josh Kelly's stepping into. So for his kind of US debut, satisfied with the opponent, um, good stage. It's the, level, it's the level of opponent I've been looking forward to for quite some time because Josh is so so talented that there is that risk of complacency that if, if there's no stress or threat in front of him that he, he doesn't evolve into the fighter that he needs to be and that he is going to be and that's why Ray Robinson is a great test because he's a fellow that's coming to win with a lot of capability, proven track record and they say that if you're only as good as your last fight and if that's the case his last fight he drew with the number rank, number one ranked contender so I think that speaks volumes for uh, our belief in Josh Is this the right timing for him to come and fight in America on a stage like this? Well if it wasn't the right time we wouldn't be here doing it would we? It's just, it's just, no but in an ideal it's world not, it's not, For me it's not, it's not about where it is it's about who the opponent is and where Josh is in his progression because a boxing ring is a boxing ring now if it so happens to be on the undercard of a World Heavyweight Championship fight at Madison Square Garden, great, because there's just extra things to enjoy about the whole experience, but essentially it's still a boxing ring with an opponent that he's got to do a job on. Mm, yes and no. Okay. You asked me, it was a no, question for me. No, no, I just mean in terms of kind of, kind of fighting away from home, different 
climate, different time change, all those kind of little factors. As an international amateur, he's experienced all of that at the highest level. Right? He boxed in the Olympic Games, he boxed all around the world against national champions. So that's no different in terms of being used to fighting in different countries. Mm. Different audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, okay. But a boxing ring is a boxing ring. Doesn't matter where it is, it could be your back garden. Exactly. For me, that's our job. Can afterwards we can sit back and look at the experience and the overall thing. But until the job's done, there is nothing but the job, and that's what it's like when when a fighter is supposed to be in that bubble until after the fight. The people around, the media, the promoters, the fans, they can indulge every aspect of it, but the fighter needs to be in that bubble. Is he the most talented fighter you've worked with? Yes. No hesitation there. I've said this many times. He mm. is. And you, you've worked with a few, obviously. But just for like natural and raw talent what, at this stage okay, of his what career. His talent? Well. I mean, his, his IQ, mm. his ring IQ, his, his understanding of different situations, his ability to deal with different situations is probably the, the most advanced I've worked with. And, and bearing in mind, I'm saying that even though he's only had nine pro fights. I'm not saying he has yeah. the potential to be the most talented and, uh, and complete. I'm saying he is already the most talented and complete fighter that I've worked with, and I only see more levels in him. As his career goes on, will he, will he be a crowd pleaser, Josh, in your opinion? Is he not a crowd pleaser already? No, but you, you understand what I mean, don't you? Sometimes kind of the technical aspect of it, people watching that, uh, and knowing exactly, boxing people know exactly how good Josh is, but I'm just saying, do you, do, you, do you see him as a crowd pleaser going into every fight? I think like, he's, got, he's got an expressive character that he uses when he fights that is, is definitely going to sort of polarise people's opinions. I don't think you'll be indifferent towards him. You'll either completely love him as a fighter or completely hate him. But there won't be any middle ground with him because he is so extreme in, in how he goes about his job. And, and I'm, that, that makes me really happy because essentially, whether people love or hate you, they're going to watch you with interest because they want to watch you win or they want to watch you get beat. And, and there's a lot of great fighters in the past that have um, had that same beginning to their pro careers. Does he beat anyone around British level now? Anyone in the UK? I don't know. I'm not going to disrespect any, any other British fighter. What I will say is whoever I decide to match him with is, is who I believe he will be, and it's the level I believe that he's at, and that's always the way I've done it. And, and so this time out, I believe he beats Ray Robinson, and this is the level that he's at. But I was just saying that because six months ago, or whenever, you, you said that you'd put him in with Amir Khan six right. months well, ago. Well, I was asked a question about specific opponents, so I gave a specific answer. It wasn't a generic thing about anyone in Britain. They asked me about two names, Kelbrook and Amir Khan. They said, would you put him in with them now? And I say, absolutely yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Joe Joyce, his opponent set to be named soon. Mm -hmm. Rumours it's going to be Bryant Jennings. Can you make any comment on that at the moment? Or No, if it is, like I've been asked for my input for the team as to which opponents that I would approve and I've given my approval to two and we'll see which one is. Okay. I don't know who the second one is. 
Um, you made quite a strong statement a few weeks ago when the whole Miller situation fell through and everyone was kind of chucking their names in and you said about Joe and Sam was the kind of biggest pusher of this saying that you know would step in and, and fight Anthony Joshua on June the 1st but you kind of without saying it out you kind of put it out there in a roundabout way that you wouldn't be putting that fight forward if you didn't believe that jo Joe Joyce would beat Anthony Joshua right could yes could mm -hmm. not would well what's the difference between could? there's a massive difference Okay. So could I is, said, could is I that whether he said, has the ability to do sure so. I'm pretty sure it was an interview with you, and I said, yes, he could be Anthony Joshua. You don't think there's a difference between saying could and, and will? Okay, yeah. But what are we doing? Are we talking about, are you trying no, to do the grammaticals now? No, I'm just asking you. It's, 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 a, it's a strong, strong statement to make from yourself. Right. Um, just in terms of where Joe is in his career compared to where Anthony is in mm -hmm. his career, in, in their professional careers. Mm -hmm. But I always kind what of. What was the difference though between Jarrell Miller and Joe Joyce? What's Jarrell Miller done to establish that position as a, as a bona fide challenger of Anthony Joshua over Joe Joyce, who's Commonwealth champion, has fought 10 rounds from his pro debut, and has beaten a handful of fellas that have been ranked contenders? And that's no different to Jarrell Miller, is it? What would Jarrell Miller's best win? Um. <laughs> if you go back and look at it, you'll see what I mean. No, I understand what you're saying, but just because Joshua's fighting someone doesn't mean people necessarily think that that fight will, couldn't beat them. Does that make sense? Say again. Just because Joshua is fighting someone, mm -hmm. whether it be Miller or Ruiz or whoever, doesn't, that doesn't automatically mean that people think that they're going to beat Joshua. No. Okay. And I think, I think it's a fair assumption to say that the heavyweight division there are two categories, the top three and everyone else. And that pool of everyone else have to take the challenge to step up to prove that they actually belong in that top echelon. But I think everyone understands, I think everyone accepts that the top three are Fury, Joshua and Wilder. Mm. I wouldn't disagree with that because they have proven that that's the level they belong at. But it's for the young contenders or the, or the, or the contenders to prove that they can step up and compete. Now, I'm working with the heavyweight. If he was offered that opportunity, we're going to take that opportunity with the belief that we win. And then we work towards winning. Mm. We work towards taking away the other fellow's ability to have success and to come out with the win. And remember, of probably every heavyweight in the world at the moment, Joe Joyce has got more experience of, of Anthony Joshua in the ring than anyone else because of the amount of rounds that they sparred. Okay, yeah, I see that. It seemed like from the off, from that debut he had against um, Ian Lewis and ever since then it's been a case of kind of like, we're kind of pushing Joe to see how far kind of <coughs> after nine fights he's been matched. Well he's 33 years old, so yeah. he hasn't got time to mess around, he hasn't got time to mess around, he's got to take, if, if, if he wants to achieve success and championship level, at world level, He's got to make big strides each step now. He, he can't hang around. He doesn't have the time to hang around. So by this time next year, you will know where he's going to be at in terms of the World Heavyweight Champions, or you should do because... Do you we, think he would have challenged for world title by this time next year? Uh, it'll be enough. Well, I mean, there's yin and yang, right? You've got the 
because you got the two the two dudes chasing each other in what what apparently chasing each other with Joshua and Wilder, yeah. and that could knock them out at some point next year. And if that fight gets made, I guess that's going to be a six month period, right? Because of a big build up and and whatnot. And I think Tyson Fury is doing his thing now on ESPN and developing that relationship. So you have to wait and see. But what? But I think that with three three big steps and three good wins, Joe Joyce will be as credible as anyone else as a challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Well, first things first, July 13th. I expect that to be announced next week, possibly. That's what I've been told, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Wilder's just announced his next fight, literally 20 minutes ago, against uh, Luis Ortiz. Right. Said um, a date to be announced, but it's been, they've agreed and signed everything else. Yeah. Like that fight, see that rematch, or disappointed? The first fight was quite, quite tense and quite good, wasn't it? Mm. So yes, I like that. I mean, look at what are the options? Other than the top three fighting each other, what are the options? That rematch is definitely an attractive option. That would have been Joshua's first option ahead of Andy Ruiz, so... I can't knock it as a fight, just obviously all all that kind of tells to certain fans is that it's kind of, yeah, pushing the Joshua fight um, a little bit further away for the immediate future. Yeah, but, you know, they're both, they're both responsible for making that fight. If Joshua and Wilder want that fight, they're both responsible for making it. Mm. So you don't think there's anyone to blame for that fight not happening? Well, you know, you sign a bit of paper that says exclusive promotional agreement, or if you sign away decision-making rights, you may foolishly give away an opportunity to be in control of the decision that gets made for the opponent that you, that, that you fight. Um, but in absence of that, then it's the fighter's responsibility to make sure that the people that represent them secure the fighters that they want. But do you think we're kind of, as fans, in too much a hurry for these fights to happen right now? No, are no, we, are no. We, are no, we I expecting too much? I don't think so. I think, I think where they're both at in their championship status, it's right to make that fight now. You know, they've both had title defences. They've both held the belts for a while. And between the two of them, they hold all the belts. So I think that, no, I think the fans would be, boxing fans would be right. And I am a boxing fan as well. That we would be right in, in hoping that that fight gets made because it's the right time. I mean, Joe's spoken about wanting a fight with Luis Ortiz months ago. Um, and again, that was before you were involved with Joe. But I mean, we're talking probably around when he fought on the undercard of Fury and Wilder. Right. Would he have been ready for a fight with Ortiz then, in your opinion? Joe's got some elements about him that just work. Mm. He's, he's very strong, very durable. He's got an awkward rhythm. He's, very, he can, he's hard to read. When he's moving, he's hard to read. And that can give anyone difficulties. You know, I, I remember, even back from amateur days, that when you can ask any amateur or pro that's um, quite refined and quite experienced and quite polished in what they do, stick him in with a novice, 
that punches when they shouldn't punch, throws punches from angles that they're not used to, they become a bit of a nightmare. And when that novice is heavy-handed with it, it actually becomes the, the almost the worst nightmare for a, for a polished, accomplished boxer. And Joe kind of has that awkwardness to his rhythm and his movements, and it works for him. And the fact that he's won an Olympic silver medal in a fight that I actually thought he won, I thought he beat Tony Yoko in that final, means that he's made that rhythm and that style work for him to the highest level as an amateur. Mm -hmm. And it's just about transferring that over to a pro. So how much of that have we seen, that transition? Don't know yet. It's still, it's still like early days of working with him and me. I'm still trying to get to understand the little things that make him tick because he's a very, he's a very unique individual. He's a, and I've got a lot of time and a lot of respect for him and um, he fits really well with the boys in the gym. But it's just this process of getting to know. We've done one fight together. And, and I learned a lot about him just from that one fight. How, how do you get on with Joe away from the ring? Really well. I think <laughs> if you don't get on with Joe Joyce, you've got a problem because there's, there's nothing to dislike about him at all. And, and, if, and if you can pick a fault in him and his character and the way he goes about his day, then you need to check yourself. See, see I, I think I was having a discussion about, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of who who speaks the more, who's kind of more uh, talkative out of him and, and Dubois. And I said, well, Joe, definitely. I think there's something, we're, we're, we get to see it with Daniel Dubois. And I think he's been kind of, since he turned pro, whether it's his personality or it's just kind of guarded in front of the cameras, I don't know. But I've seen enough of Joe to know that there's a little bit something there in the personality that, that could, could be brought out for people to realise that, you know, I think Joe kind of, comes across very, um, I say camera shy, but just kind of, yeah, sort of guarded in front of the camera and kind of reserved. Joe is. Joe, yeah. Yeah. Um, but away from the camera, he doesn't really seem like that at all. No. Well, that's what, I mean, doing an interview in front of a camera is a bit like speaking in public, because you're aware that lots of people are going to see it. Not everyone likes speaking in public. Mm. Like if you put, there's a lot of people that are comfortable in front of your camera talking, but you put them in a stadium talking in front of 50,000 people, they might not be so cocksure of themselves, no. but essentially that's what we're doing. And maybe, maybe he's sort of aware, he, he treats your camera or the camera the same way that we would treat speaking in front of tens of thousands of people at one time. And, and that's, not, you know, that's just, it's not a bad thing. I, I like the fact that he's not you know, a showy, uh, over exuberant character. I like the fact that there is this shy quirkiness about him because it, for, for me, it just, it just makes me like him more because I know so much more about his character. Mm. No, I think it just needs to be drawn out sometimes. Well, that's the art of a good uh, journalist and a good interviewer, isn't it? Yeah, the, I, haven't, the, I haven't really been given that opportunity with Joe I, was, I wasn't thinking you out, by the way. I was just saying the art of a good journalist and a good interviewer is to get the emotion and get the reactions. Tris Dixon's really good at it in a really subtle way, but Tris is really good. And you've developed your own style where we, we people that do your interviews, just tend to relax and chat to you. And, and that's a good thing. You get them to, you get people to express themselves more. Fucking you used to talk, really. Boyish uselessness. What? Fucking get used to talk. Don't swear on camera. I didn't swear. I said what? And then what did, did he just swear? Check it back. What did I say? You said fucking get used to it or something like that? No. We did. No. Absolutely. Did you hear me say that? I didn't hear that. I think. Check it back. Uh, you've 20 quid. 
What? 20 quid. 50 quid? Alright. This is minute 1952. We're checking it. As soon as you switch that off, we're, we're checking, checking it. it. Fine. You got your computer? Yeah. Good. Um, how's life otherwise? Okay. It's busy. It's busy, but. How about uh, you? What have um, you been up to? I was in Kazakhstan last week. Right, oh, big things going on there. <laughs> big things in Kazakhstan, yeah. It's an it's a interesting place. Got shown there on the 6th of July. Yeah. It's headlined by Nordin Ubali, Ubali yeah. the WBC champion. Has the. The, the missing jigsaw piece to the Super World Boxing Series. <laughs> yeah. He says he wants to fight in Norway next. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it's got a lot of the, the Kazakh kind of prospects on there. Um, yeah, so I'm interested to, to go out there to see a show. Tickets on sale for like a, a dollar start off rate because they want everyone to go. How big is the venue? 13,000. Well, really we impressive. We have a fucking chat now on camera. We can do this when you turn the camera off. What? This chat. We can do this when you turn the camera off. Why? So we're just having general chit chat. No, we're we? just talking. This is, this is the beauty. It's new, that's why. Um, okay. You've Josh got more ink than a premiership footballer. Mm. Should have one of you, really. Aren't you? There you're getting weird. Would that be weird? You are weird. Would that be weird? What do you, what do you think? If I got the logo on me. Oh, yeah. you said you put. <laughs> you wanted to tattoo me on you. Yeah. Would that be weird? Where would you put it? Like on my arm. <laughs> why? Would that be weird? <laughs> to be fair. If I was to have, someone said to me, right, put like a AK-47 towards my head and said, you need to pick someone in boxing and you need to have their portrait on you. Yeah. I'd probably go with you. <laughs> Why? I'd go with like, you. Now I've got, how many followers you got? On what? On your social media platforms. I don't know. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. No, I'm not doing it this way. Got an idea for charity. No. If we get to a certain amount of money, if we get to a certain amount of money for charity, you have to get the boxing booth logo tattooed on you. No. That's not what I said. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to agree. That's what I'm this. saying. I tell you what, I'll do it if you do it. Well, get my logo tattooed on me. Slightly narcissistic. I'd rather right. have your face tattooed on me than your logo. <laughs> All right. Then that's the but dealio. You, that's you, the dealio. But you have to do it as well. Otherwise get my face tattooed on me. No, no, no. Get your face tattooed and on I'll me. And I'll do you to me and we'll raise money for charity. <laughs> How'd you like me now? Oh, you've done that well. well done. How'd you like me now? Go on, if you want to agree Is to it that. Jackass? Was it Jackass that did that? I'll do that if you will do that. If you want to take this conversation back and almost, even though it's being recorded, pretend it never happened. I'm also willing to do that as well. <laughs> no, I just mean I'd probably pick you because in all the years I've done it, I've found you the, the least, like, snidiest person in boxing out of everyone. Well, I take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. I'm very wary of compliments because... No. They're very close to criticism. But if I had a business card... Yeah. I could put that on my business card. The least snidiest person in you boxing, are. quote Coogan Cassius. No, you are. IFL TV. But we've never, we've never had any issues. We've always got on. 
Do you have issues with other people in boxing? No, but there's a lot. Of, we've been through this before. There's a lot of snides and two-faced people in boxing. Snakes, horrible people, leeches, I like to call them. And you're and you're implying that I'm just a genuine. You person. are. You're you're probably the most genuine person and least snidey person I think I have in my phone book. When you do your interviews, yeah, and then you put a quote on that YouTube thing. And norm, most of the time, it's there to get attention. Yeah. Right. On this one, why don't you put the least snidiest person person in boxing, Adam Booth? Because it will only generate so much traffic. Headlines are there for a reason. It's just not. It's no different from anywhere else. Do you want to grab people's? Is that attention? fifty quid bet going to be the headline for this one? No, but we're going to check that soon. You better have it. I'll take seventy-five dollars as well. Hundred dollars, or let's make a hundred dollars. Because I've got a hundred dollars over there, I just got the per diems. <laughs> I'm spending everyone's food money on a you bet. Sure? Hundred dollars. That I, I, you, you say that I swore. You swore. Right. Hundred dollars. Okay. I know I didn't, so we're we're good. Um, you got money on you, Mum? No. All right. Take card. <laughs> <laughs> Ping number. Are you taking any more fires on? No. You're happy with your statement? Very. Um, Ryan, when will Ryan be out next? Um. Go wait and see. He's got a, a little um, injury that he's got to have dealt with, and then we'll take it from there. Do, do you know what? Actually, yeah, I, I was meaning to tell you. I, I don't know if I did tell you. Do you know we had a conversation? Where were we? Manchester. And we were talking about journalists. Do you remember the conversation? We were on camera. We had a conversation about journalists. And you were saying, kind of, what are you? And I was saying, well, I'm kind of like this fucking. I swore there, by the way, that doesn't count okay. one earlier Okay, one. that slipped out earlier, by the way, but carry on. Did it really? I'm now thinking that I'm going to have to give you $100. All right, look. You got, a, you got a bank card on you? Yeah. So, you, so someone can go to that ATM? because I'll give it to you. I'll have 100% give it to you. Um, journalists. I, do you know I offended some journalists badly? Who did you offend? I'm not going to mention them by name because I don't want to out them. But one journalist, when I was in LA for Fury Wilder, had a drink. And they come up to me and they said to me, can I just whisper who it is? Mouth it, mouth it. Huh? I I saw you say, but I don't know anyone of that name. Yeah, you do. Okay. Hold on. This doesn't make good for this. Can you uh, talk to them? Look, this person here. I've got a question. You know, you know, you know, in person. a suit. I don't really know him. I, I, I recognise the name, but I actually don't really know him. He, he had his little say about that. He's not that. Is it, who does he write for? Oh no, let's just not go. Okay, okay. Anyway, he yeah, he took offence to it, and I was like, I wasn't really talking about the boxing journalists as such, because I know the boxing journalists aren't really like that, but they. A couple of them took offence to it, and I kind of, yeah, said, well, I kind of meant what I said. Okay. But anyway. You were referring, but you were referring to that conversation in Manchester. Or was that it? You just no, that was it. it. That, was just, oh, okay. that was just it, to be honest. What was you saying? What else was you saying? In a suit, when you've got two buttons. On a suit jacket, you have two buttons. Yeah. Do you ever do them both up at the same time? No. Then why are there two buttons? Why do suits have two buttons? Um, do you know the answer to it? No. And if there's three, it's always, sometimes, never, right? So you always have the top one done up. 
which means if there's two, you always do the top one, don't but you never do the bottom one. So why is there two buttons? Well, I, I, I'm assuming you're looking for an I, option. I'd like, I would like the option. Well, put it out there. Options. Like, and then I can sleep at night. Yeah, but clothing, they give you more with everything, don't they? Don't they? They always give you, like, with your jeans, like, or a belt, one, one hole too many, or with your shoes, there'll be, you don't always go to the top. You sometimes leave the two end holes open. No? My point is, if you to do all your laces up on your trainer, people don't come up and say, oh, you're not supposed to wear your trainers like that. But on a suit, if you do two buttons, if you have two buttons and you do them both up, there's this sort of unwritten rule, you can't do them both up, it's only the top one. So but who says to, that? I don't, it would, everyone seems to say is it. Is it dressing etiquette? I don't know. But who made Social that up? Social conditioning. At some, I don't know. I don't know who made it up. That's my question in this interview. That's all I care about from this interview. Yeah, but a lot is finding out but you know who what? decreed that two buttons can never be done up on a suit jacket. You know, two buttons. A lot of stuff that people do, they follow from suit. They like, they're being told that that's a sheeple, knife and fork. What way round is it? I always have my fork in my right hand. I have my fork. In my right hand. And is that the wrong all, way round? And you were always told to have it the other way round. Yes, correct. Who I, tells you that? Who made that up? I don't know, but I've always had. I do it ever that Ever since way I was round. a kid, right? Yeah, so. And, right. and, and my mum used to put it that way, and I always used to swap them back. Yeah. Here's, my, here's my rationale behind that one. When you're eating a meal. If a bear comes, you could jab it. No, go on, carry on, sorry. When eating a meal, yeah. you've got a knife and a fork. Yeah. Which is the more skilled action? The cutting or the picking up and putting to your mouth? What's the more skilled one? The cutting. How, what, are you saying that, that that cutting action is more skilled than the picking up and placing into the mouth? I disagree, I think that's the more skilled why? one, so that's why I think your fork should be in your right hand. Well, what about when you have a spoon, if you're only eating with a spoon, what hand do you put it in? Right. Why don't you put that in your left? It's because it's the more skilled action. Okay, so just to kind of go back, we were talking about... Forks and spoons. Forks and spoons. Okay, so that's over with, because we stopped. We checked the tapes. Inconclusive. Technical draw. I'd go along with that. It does sound. I mean, you, you guys can hear it as well. If you go back to like minute, if you can be bothered to do this, sorry. <laughs> around minute 19, 30, it's almost 20, 40. no, it's sort of 1953, wasn't it, or something like that? Possibly. You think you said. If I can get you to talk, but quickly. I, I, you say, I think you said. If I can get you to talk. You said, you actually said. Oh, if I can get you to talk. No, that's not how you said it. Go on, say it. If I can get you to talk. Uh, say it again. If I can get you to talk. <laughs> it's a technical draw. It is actually a technical draw. Because, but what, what about the intent? Doesn't that count for anything? Oh, I didn't mean to shoot him in the head. <laughs> tell what we do, tell what we do. From now on, the next one who swears in an interview scenario between us loses the bet. We've got a rematch. Bollocks. <laughs> right, start from now. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But we've got to be able to remember it. You might win because I'll forget. You don't really swear, do you? Hanging around this interview with no shape off. Um, never have any kind of direction, substance. No, I know. Just get you to talk. I know. But if I can get you to talk, I can get anyone to talk. Do <laughs> <laughs> you swear? No. Adam, best of luck this weekend Thank with. You. PBK.
Um, expect it to be a routine night for Joshua, as in Anthony Joshua. Um, Rui's can punch, man. Right? I mean, he's got he's got of, of all the fellas he could have chosen. He's, he's slightly static, right? He's not good with his legs. And so if AJ uses his legs and maintains some discipline about how he goes about his job, he should stay out of harm's way. Um, if he holds his legs for too long and he hasn't hurt Ruiz and Ruiz lets his hands go, Ruiz can punch about as well as any heavyweight out there when, when he lands. He's quick-handed and he's, he's quite heavy-handed as well. So, um, Although aesthetically, Ruiz doesn't look like a great challenger, I'd probably say he's much better than the original opponent. Okay. Is that you like... I'm not selling it, I'm trying, I'm trying to no, sell it. No, is that purposely you're not mentioning Gerald Miller's name or something? Or? All right, I think he's better than Gerald Miller. Okay. Do you know what, funnily enough, Rob Tebbett, you know Rob Tebbett from Boxing Social? Mm -hmm. He messaged me today and said, Miller's here at the workout and we're in the car. So the whole way through I thought, Miller had just rocked up there. He hadn't. It was Rob being funny, but we were talking about it for about half an hour, going, right, well, if you see him... <laughs> Sorry, just a pointless conversation. Much but... to do about nothing, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, just telling you one of my anecdotes of the day. Um, no, not, no, no, no fight is a routine win. If you go into a fight um, believing that you've got a routine win coming up, then you deserve to get caught out at some point because that's not how you should go about treating boxing. Uh, I don't think Joshua will do that. I think he'll be focused and strong, and I see him winning. But, although Ruiz aesthetically doesn't look like a, a serious contender, he's about as serious a contender as he could have chosen, probably. He's got great hands and decent power. What, what do you think, sorry, just to wrap up the heavyweight scene, Adam, what do you think about the potential of Fury and Dylan White happening? Eddie Hearn's kind of saying that there's a possibility that this fight will happen later this year mm -hmm. if the WBC order it for the diamond belt yes. which is what Fury requested via a, a video what do you think about that fight does, Great it, make, matchup. does it make sense to Great have that matchup. fight for either fighter would you want to watch it absolutely ah! oh! <laughs> so I, was so close. I was I was because I say that absolutely yeah, 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 it's a great matchup. It's yeah. as good a matchup as, as it's as good a matchup as we're getting anywhere in the heavyweight division. Joshua right. says it's unnecessary to have that fight. For whom? For them. Why? Well, no, but they'd be fighting for the position to fight Deontay Wilder. It's look, look. Sport is entertainment, and boxing is sport. So boxing is entertainment, it's theatre with blood, it's, it's whatever you want to call it, but it's entertainment. People watch it because they're entertained watching it. And so if a fight gives a lot of entertainment, how can you say it's pointless? I disagree completely. He didn't say it's pointless, he said it was unnecessary. Okay. It's difference. Boxing is entertainment. Entertainment is necessary in, for sport, right? If it's not entertaining. Oh, absolutely. So no, I, I actually think for the credibility of boxing in the heavyweight division, fights like that are very necessary. It's a great matchup. I would love to see it. Okay. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. But do you know what? Dad. If someone said to me... Are you sure you would? I'm just reading your tattoos down on your lovely legs. Your pale legs. Oh. That's probably the colour carbon. You're not in Monaco now, mate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, if someone said to me, what would you rather see out of Joshua against Andy Ruiz or Joshua against Joe Joyce? Why don't you say... If I'm being honest, 
I'd rather have seen Joshua and Joe Joyce. What would you rather see? Hang on, what would you rather see as a boxing fan? Joshua against Andy Ruiz? Yeah. Joshua against Jarrell Miller? Yeah. Or Tyson Fury against Dylan White? Tyson Fury against Dylan White. Then it's necessary for entertainment purposes. That is true. But you've used you two fighters of the same and then... No, but you were quoting a fighter. Yeah. Right? And so I was just referring to that fighter's supposedly current fight and the actual current fight against the one that he was referring to. If you could train any fighter in the world that's currently active that you don't already train, it's a fantasy question, so it's not like you're tapping anyone up on camera, who would it be? That I don't train already? Yes. So they could be being trained by someone else, but you could say, I'd like... I would have liked to. Oh, have oh, oh, as in, as in, mm. worldwide, not just in the. Are you guys going to be here all night? Two minutes. Two what? Two minutes. Two, minutes. Two more minutes. Thank you. Cheers, love. <laughs> I wasn't planning on sleeping. It. Right, go on. Who, who would it be? Don't know. Don't know. Current. I, 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 worldwide. Someone I really like watching is uh, Job Hunter Davis. So you would like... There's my answer. So, Dave, Javante Davis. Davis. And in Britain? He's going to film me thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know. There is someone out there you think, I'd like to have trained him, or I could do something with him. You seem, I don't know, you seem like you've loaded this question for a reason. But it's not loaded. You've got that look on your face. It's not loaded. But you've got a look on your face. No, like, you okay. could come out of anyone. I don't have an answer. Okay. I don't have an answer. Uh, last question. Who do you think is the second best trainer in the world? <laughs> no, in Britain. <laughs> in Britain. Not the world. In Britain. Who's the second best trainer in the world? There's no such thing. Who's the second There's best trainer? There's no one? such thing as Course the best. Of course there is. There is no such thing. Who, who would you say is? There is no such thing. All right. Who do you think is the best trainer in Britain? There's no such thing. Why? Why? Because I don't believe there is. You think not everyone... every coach can work with every fighters because no, there are styles true, and characters no, no, and personalities. No, I agree with that. But... So, so I, no, I, I, I disagree. I actually think, and, and honestly, if I was, if I was actually, to, if I was actually to be in a mindset where I did try and categorise and judge other coaches, I would, I would confidently predict that the name I would say no one would have, have ever heard of because I would probably say that the most influential coaches out there that influence and teach understanding and the right skill set are probably in amateur boxing yeah that people haven't heard of but I don't I don't I don't judge because how can you pass judgment on someone that you've never spent a day in the gym with? It is about the right. Coaching isn't pad work, is it? Coaching is actually all, everything you don't see, the conversations you don't see, what the conversations that take place outside the gym when talking about different scenarios or different circumstances. That's what coaching is because coaching is giving an understanding of so many different things. But so many people do refer to you as the best coach we have here. Not here, as in America, or the hotel. In this, in this room. <laughs> in this room, out of you, me and Umar. Uh, but people do constantly refer to you as the best coach but, in which is, Britain. Which is, which is nice of them to say, but they've never spent a day in the gym with me. 
How can you pass judgment on a situation? We live in a Twitter world now where everyone's got an opinion on something they know nothing about. If you haven't spent a day or a minute or an hour in the gym with me, how can you judge me as a coach? By my body of work? Could I just got, I could just get lucky with the fighters I've got? To be honest, as fighters have passed your way that things haven't worked out, like Newbank, like, I can say Billy Joe, but that was more. And that wasn't to do with ge geography. Billy, no, Billy, no, Billy Joe, Billy Joe said like he couldn't, he couldn't be trusted to live at home and and yeah, so, away. He had yeah. to get away, and he knew I couldn't get away. Mm. And I think he 100 percent did the right, has, has done the right thing with him. And I think now with Ben Davison, I think he has found his perfect match in a coach, coaching sense. Right, just pick this up, pound for pound, Adam. Yes. Pound for pound, yeah. Pound for pound. So, disregarding weight. But how is this even a, a real thing? And it weren't until Tyson Fury said it to me about four years ago. He said, if everyone was the same weight, well, how, how, how on earth, <laughs> how on earth does that happen? You can't compare. How do you compare? You can't. So, you can't. so what? Explain but why do, what why, I know. Why do people do it? So why do people even refer to that pound it's, for pound it's, it's, the, it's the need to have an opinion, isn't it? It's the need to have an opinion on something. Why, why, why not just enjoy what's out there and enjoy the fights of this generation? Lomachenko, yeah? People regard Lomachenko as top three pound for pound. Would you agree? What's regarded? I'm not saying what you say, but I'm saying people regard Lomachenko as top three in the top three, pound for pound. Okay, forget pound for pound. Lomachenko is probably the the most technically accomplished fighter that I have ever studied. Okay, so that's a forget pound for pound rankings and stuff like that. Just talk about the man and 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 what I've seen and experienced in boxing. He is, and he, he's not my favourite fighter in boxing history, but technically he's the most accomplished. Okay, but you're giving him a tag to to what you're saying. He's Based the on most specific, yeah, but I can, but I can, I can specify what I'm making that comment on when I talk about how he moves his hands, his legs, and his head simultaneously, and how he does it with balance and poise, and pre and precision and power, and then point to loads of different scenarios where he sets something up by showing a position without punching, and then just adds the punching to it. Yeah, it's kicking off out there, but that's got nothing to do with. The comparison, it's like that's like making generational comparisons like uh, 20 year old yeah, Tyson, yeah, like, 20 year old like Floyd Mayweather will beat Sugar Ray Leonard, or Floyd Mayweather will beat Thomas Hearns. They're making these comparisons, Booth they're, versus they're, they're, they're irrelevant. I don't know whose voice that was. No, it's weird, everyone gets sucked in by it. They do, do you? Powerful, not power. me, do you? <sighs> Who are yes. your favorite four fighters in boxing history? Boxing history. Your favourite fight, favourite four fighters in the history of boxing. Um, Prince Nassim Hamid, Nigel Ben, Joe Frazier. And Dave Allen. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to rank them? In? No. No. Nassim Hamid, Nigel Benn, Joe, Joe Fraser, Fraser, and Dave Allen. And Dave Allen. It's lofty company. Uh, the, uh, 
Yeah. Papa Della, Papi Della rib crunches. Got there? Yeah. But do you know what as well? You've you got to round do. off this shape. Do you know what people do as well, right? People go, who's your favourite fighter? Oh, you know. Pernell Whitaker. Ever seen him fight? Yeah. Really? No. Who's your favourite fighter? Jack Johnson, clearly. Charlie Burley. Charlie Burley. I actually uh, found footage of him not that long ago. On what? I can't remember where I found it, but I found footage of Charlie Burley and I found footage of Charlie Burley sparring as well. What, online? Yeah. Oh, you just kicking him from, from your loft because <laughs> you were there. <laughs> no, but my point is, what people claim to be people's favourite fighters, it's like they, and who their actual favourite fighters, I'm not always convinced. I think some people list, it's like your favourite film, it's not always, some people list like, a film like right. they're expected to list, or they name a boxer they're expected to list. So I've just listed my ones. It's Naz, really. Okay. All about Naz. Because Naz is why I started watching boxing in the first place. He was the sole reason, and I even used to watch ITV past nine o'clock. This feels like it's turning into a therapy session for you. No, but this is the truth, but he knows it as well, now. You've lightened up during the interview as well. You were really miserable. Who are your you top four? My top three. Top three. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran and Hector Camacho. Okay. But is there anything wrong with me not listing someone? Because that's what I always get the opinion, people... But when you say that, I kind of believe that that's... And you could probably tell me why as well. Um, but a lot of people name Leonard, understandably. But my reasons for watching boxing, that's what draws me to, to saying same always for what it me. is. Same for me, Sugar Ray Leonard. I got dragged out of bed at the middle of the night by my stepdad. Um, I think it was a Tuesday night on September the 16th, 1981. It was a school night and taken to the Odeon Leicester Square. Kept awake with biscuits. Never watched boxing in my life to watch uh, Leonard Hearns 1 on closed circuit. Mm. And that was where boxing started for me. So, I get it. I was a big Ricky Hatton fan. Therapy session. What? Therapy session. You were even cuddling the I pillow like a, a big therapy Ricky fan. I was a big... How are you going to round off this interview? Because I was the boys are waiting for me to join them for dinner. How long have we been interviewing for? I was a big John McGarvey fan as well. The Beast. The Beast. I nearly said Robert then. I mean John. <laughs> John. John. Uh, Mugabe. I watched Hagler Mugabe on closed circuit. Yeah? Where? Odionessa Square. Oh. I watched Hagler Hearns on closed circuit, Odionessa Square. It's a shame we don't have that anymore. Sky, I mean, like, Sky Sports and, and, and live TV now just means you don't have to leave your couch. But there is something special about going to a cinema yeah. with a whole bunch of people that are all there for the same thing to watch. Uh, like a, 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 a feed coming from Las Vegas that kept cutting out every now and again. <laughs> it was there were special days, man. There were special days. Oh. Um, round it off. I was a Tyson fan as well. Not rounding it off. I was a Larry Holmes fan. Um, but Randall Tex Cobb, he's like. A fighter that people don't appreciate 
go and look at Randall Tex Cobb's record and who he boxed and who he beat and then converted to a really successful acting career. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Randall Tex Cobb, yeah. Do you know who he is? Of course. Um, why? Was he one of your... F no, no, no. No, like, no, but would he be in your about... top... You only listed your top three. No, no. I'm not saying he's one of my favourite fighters. He's a fighter that people probably aren't aware of. There's so many, there's so many stories, great stories of fighters out there that people yeah, just aren't aware of. I'm not going to claim to know everything about Randall Texas. I don't know why. But... I don't know why he popped into my head. I'm just trying to end the interview. How do you, you can see, I'm, I'm moving left. How do you end it? Well, that's for you to do. How do I end it? You don't want to end it, do you? No. This is the relationship you just can't let go of. Who's your favourite current fire? Are you a fire? clingy type of man? No, who's your favourite current fire? Are you, a clingy, are, you, are you in a relationship at the moment? You know I'm in a relationship. Are you clingy and needy in this no. relationship? Huh? No. Oh, I hope she, hope she watches this interview. So you're not clingy or needy. We're talking about boxing. What? <laughs> no, trying I'm trying to, to end swear. the interview you're trying and to you won't swear. let me go. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Adam Booth, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. And... Uh, Hope you're well. You know, maybe I'm just the best snidey person in boxing. The best at being a snide because you never find it out. Maybe that's. Don't say that. Don't say that. Snakes in boxing, they are, they? you know they are. You know they are as well. Can't mouth one to you. <laughs> it's the same one that you always mouth. <laughs> I don't like them. Anyway, I don't. Think what you just said. I don't like them. But you only gave me one name. Yeah. <laughs> he picked up the relevance of that. I told what are you. What you talking about? You get it, right? No, but I say that anyway. Okay. I would refer to someone Brand, as... This whole, there's, a, there's a spade no, in your head. No, no, no. Round it off. Okay. <clears throat> I don't like them. <laughs>